if I offered you two options for your wedding day? The first one, option A, is an experience of trying to fit your wants and needs, your day, into a pre-designated template. And this could mean feeling rushed or hurried from the moment you wake up in the morning with no room for any joyous anticipation of what's about to come, a rigid and packed schedule with barely enough time to enjoy your own feast, let alone interact with your family and friends, no time for anything spontaneous or feeling genuine connection, and maybe missing out on something during the day that is very important to you. Or the second one, option B, is an experience and timeline of your ideal day with a clear vision for your celebration, a more deliberate choice of what you want to do, when and with whom, a relaxed atmosphere that allows you to immerse yourself in the significance of the occasion. This can mean having time to share a special moment with your parents or exchanging extended personal vows in private or taking 10 minutes away from your reception to breathe and share a drink with just the two of you. It seems like a ridiculous question, doesn't it? You choose option B for your wedding day, right? But some couples, sometimes unintentionally, choose option A by not investing enough time and thought early enough in their planning to build out a timeline that truly works for them, their guests, their vendors, and their personal tastes and values. If you get nothing else from this podcast episode, I want you to understand that cookie-cutter wedding day timelines don't really work for most people. I wanted to get some in-depth discussion and info around your wedding day timeline to help you. And so I interviewed Luke of Luke John Photography and really asked him to dig into the implications of having a poorly thought out or considered wedding day timeline and how a couple might be able to improve their timings to be able to experience the day that they really want. We started with the six most frequently asked questions of wedding photographers that affect a couple's timeline, and I believe the resulting conversation and advice is pure gold. So much so that I don't want you to rush to listen to this. I'd really love for you to absorb the scenarios Luke talks about and how your day may be similar or maybe completely the opposite of what he describes and how that might play out in your timeline for your big day. If you're DIYing everything without a wedding planner or coordinator, this episode and part two, of course, is essential listening for you. And even if you have booked a planner or coordinator, personally, I'd be very carefully checking over their proposed timeline for your wedding to ensure that none of these factors that Luke is about to share are missed or underrepresented with time on your day. Because while a professional will be able to anticipate most of your obvious needs and wants into your wedding day timeline, there's a bloody good chance that they won't be aware that, for example, I don't know, your first look photos are at the location where you both shared your first date. And that time is the most important part of your entire morning. That context, that extra information, meaning behind your first look photos and the location of them probably means you need more time there. So your wedding planner won't know off the top of their head that you really want 
to lend significance to this moment and allow time to soak it in and to maybe allow 20 minutes extra or so for that experience. Uh, Another example. So um, maybe for you, after your ceremony, sharing cocktails and catching up with your guests for 30 minutes before your reception could be super important. It could be a non-negotiable for you, like a must-do, super crucial part of the wedding day. Even though that time is more often than not allocated to do family photos, you'd rather spend that time with your guests. So your coordinator, your wedding planner, they won't know those sort of specifics. So this is why you really need to dig in yourself and have a look and make sure that this time that is being allocated across the day is working out the way that you want. So in this episode, Luke answers, well, he was going to answer six, but because of how deep we went and how far I encouraged him to go, I've had to split this into two parts. So in part one, you'll hear the answers to the first three most frequently asked questions of wedding photographers that impact your timeline, which are, how long should couples allow for pre-wedding photos? You know, the stuff that happens before your ceremony. How does having a first look versus not having a first look affect the timings of your wedding day? And how much time do couples need to allow for their photographer and or videographer to travel, park and set up at their different first look, ceremony, portrait shoot or reception locations? And next week, we'll follow up with the second half of Luke's interview covering the second three most frequently asked questions about wedding timelines. Let's get stuck into this. Unbridely is a community of pro-wedding vendors who believe in freedom and integrity in weddings, giving you options, solutions, tips and tricks to create the experience and memories that you and your fiancé really want and deserve. Because we believe that weddings are a team sport. With how-tos, stories and interviews with recently married couples, we find out what went right and what they'd change if they could go back and do it all over again. I'm Camille and welcome to the Unbridly podcast. Hi Luke, I'm so stoked to have found an hour where I can interview you for this podcast because you're a very, very busy man. (laughs) Thanks. I found time to squeeze you in on my very, very busy schedule. You've got a lot going on. And so perhaps if you could share, like to kick us off, you know, why the hell you're here, a bit about your background and what you do now. Okay. So before full-time wedding photography, I was a police officer. Um, I did that for 10 years, but I've been photographing weddings, videoing weddings for about that, sort of that same amount of time, about 10 years. So started as sort of a hobby. Um, when Jesse, my wife, was starting videography as a very, very small startup business. And then when that snowballed, I started to pick up photography. Um, and then once that became, uh, I guess you'd say, very popular, I flipped out of the police and went full-time mid-COVID. Yeah. You got bitten by the bug and then in COVID you just went, what? No, you tell me. What did you think in COVID? What made you make that jump? Well, it was it was a mix. It was a mix of um, weddings are a much happier place than policing, if you can imagine that. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And uh, the wedding season was starting up. Uh, it was October 2020 back then, uh, and there was a good opportunity to uh, take up weddings um, whilst at the same time taking advantage of some of my leave 
uh, from the police. Now, obviously, it was a bit of a challenging time through COVID, um, but we made it work. And then we've come out the other side and loving life. There's no looking back, is there, Luke? Oh, no. No, there's... (laughs) We got our first 2026 inquiry the other day. We're, we're, we're here. This what? is it. <laughs> oh, my God. That's insane. Yeah. 2026. I, I was a bit surprised to see that wow. pop up. We, we don't normally book that far in advance or get inquiries that far in advance. That's quite a way off. Well, yeah, you're on the dark side now, mate. You are for you with us. Um, but what I really, I mean, I love working with you. You're a great photographer. But I like the way your brain works, Luke, which is why you're here today. And I like how you speak your mind and some of the really practical aspects of weddings kind of get your goat sometimes, don't they, mate? They they really, I like a bit of uh, wedding theory. <laughs> I like to uh, embed myself in that world and make things efficient and I guess problem solve ahead of time. But yeah, I like the whole, I guess, the wedding playbook and and making that work and sharing that knowledge, making sure like everyone has the best wedding day possible. You like to problem solve a lot, don't you? I think in all of the jobs that I've had since starting a, as a target boy in you know Manchester and Kitchen, um, through working bar <laughs> jobs and stuff, like I've always liked to sort of yeah. problem solve that way. But if you've ever worked in a corporate world, you can come up with all the bright ideas that you like. You can never really implement anything because it's such a big moving ship. Uh, and not, you know, yes. people up high who have been there a long time don't really want to listen to you, regardless of how good the ideas are. Whereas in little bitty sold trader business that we've got here, um, you know, we can make decisions on a dime and and change things up, and we can help other people that are going through these situations, uh, and they can see the good advice for what it is. I guess I feel <laughs> like you see things differently, but that's that's what I really wanted to get at. I feel like you see things with fresh eyes, which is a really good, no, it's a really average segue, but I'm going to segue anyway (laughs) into you have kindly offered to answer the six most frequently asked photographer questions that impact your wedding day timeline. Can we preface this whole thing, Luke, by letting this person know who's listening about the fluidity, about the difference, about how no two timelines are the same? We were chatting previously, Luke, and you said you find it really interesting when an engaged person goes into a Facebook group and says, can I see everyone's timelines whose ceremony started at three? And everyone piles on and said, I did this, I did that, I did this. But, you know, some of them have six bridesmaids, six groomsmen, and they're getting ready an hour away from their ceremony venue. There are some who are having an elopement and they're not doing traditional inverted commas, hair, makeup, dress. They're just literally arriving to like a courthouse style ceremony. How can you help explain how different every single wedding, micro wedding and elopements timelines are? Yeah. So every wedding can be so different because there's so many unique things that go into each wedding. The choices you make can be so different to someone else. So asking what somebody else did uh, without context can vary wildly how your day might play out for your timeline. I've been thinking a lot lately about how it's so clear to a lot of the vendors, uh, and especially us because we've been to so many weddings now, we've seen every permutation and how everything is affected by everything else that happens on the day. 
that I've started to think about it in terms of music and songs in the way that your wedding will be, I'll use this metaphor. So your wedding will be like a song. It might have a chorus. There might be a drum solo. Maybe we'll throw a bridge in there. There might be a guitar solo as well or uh, a rap. So every song is different. Every wedding is different, but they are made up of the same parts. So while a lot of it, like we can just see it as vendors from a distance and what needs to chop and change to make the song. Whereas you guys might not be able to say, hey, I really, you know, did anyone else have a rap song? Can you tell me what you did? It might not actually work. Yeah, that's a really great way of thinking about it, actually, Luke. I like that a lot. So a lot of the elements are similar or the same, but yeah, the combination of them, the order of them. Yeah, yeah, that's great. Okay, so keeping that in mind, are you ready, Luke? (laughs) I am. I want you to speak your mind. Okay, so question number one, that is one of the most frequently asked questions of photographers that impacts a wedding day timeline is, how long should couples allow for pre-wedding photos? What order does that go in and what do they need to have ready? Perfect. All right, so we're talking wedding prep in the morning or the pre-stages of your wedding. I'm going to work off as if you've got your photographer for an unlimited amount of time. If that's the case, then that means you've got as much time as you want to play with. And for me personally, uh, I go in the order. If we're going um, heteronormative couple, if we're going brides and grooms, and I always start with the boys because they are simple creatures. We can get them sorted out really quickly. Generalizing, generalizing. They can get dressed. We can photograph it. And then if they want to take a suit off, we can, uh, they can do that and they can redress later on. And that leaves time for us to move over to the bride and the girls. So that because they're a bit more regimented, they have a bit more structure to what they're doing. They've got hair and makeup going on. They've got welding and bolting and sewing and stuff to do with the dress. It's a bit more time. Whatever it takes, mate. Whatever it takes to get into that thing. (laughs) A bit more time sensitive over there. We always hit up the boys first if that's an option. And I'd like to spend at least an hour with them. If you're going to have a restricted timeline, then we can carve that right back to like half an hour. But that's like super rushed. So I always recommend an hour to an hour and a half with the boys. Then I move over to the girls for at least an hour and a half. Same-sex couples. Uh, it probably doesn't matter too much if it's two guys in suits. Um, because like I said before, it's a little bit more malleable. You can dress and then undress. doesn't really matter who goes first. If you're going to females and they're both in dresses, then you might just have to either rock, paper, scissors it and see who gets to go first and stay in the dress and makeup and hair longer, <laughs> who has to get up earlier for hair and makeup, etc. Or there's always the option of getting a, a second photographer. So you can have your photographer try and source someone to help out and you can simultaneously go to prep at the same time. Can I ask you, Luke, in the case of two females and, you know, as you said, just wearing dresses, it kind of puts an extra um, addition to the prep time itself. And then if they're both having hair and makeup done, in your experience, have, you know, two females who are dressing that way, have they gotten ready at the same place or different places? You know what? Actually, personally, uh, I haven't done two females in dresses. I've done suit then dress but they did have hair and makeup and they got like as in both of them had hair and makeup and they got ready separately 
the preference surely would be to have like two completely different sites, two completely different hair and makeup teams. Yeah. And then, as you said, look, maybe two photographers as well, because that's where the time really goes, doesn't it? Yeah, definitely. It really comes down to what you want out of your wedding day. I've definitely done uh, couples where they have got ready together in the same, like literally the same room. They've helped each other get dressed. I love that. I, I find talking to my couples anyway, that that's such an out there prospect to not only see each other before the ceremony, but actually be there seeing the dress before any kind of first look surprise or seeing it hanging or helping to bolt it up or yeah. help, you know, help a groom do his tie up or put his couplings on. Like that's just such an out there idea. And I find a yeah. lot of people are averse to it, but I absolutely love it when it happens. It's so cute when, um, you know, these people are having this beautiful morning together and, and helping each other warm up mm. to the day. And it's such a huge part of the day as well. Like there are some ceremonies, especially peak summer, that you're not getting married till 5 p.m. And if you're doing the aisle reveal, that's the first time you get to see your partner at the end of the ceremony and usually at the signing is your first sort of personal words to your significant other. You know, you, you're waiting till almost 6 p.m. on the day of your wedding to have your first, hey, hello, you look gorgeous. Yeah, I find that really interesting too, Luke. But uh, I, I know a lot of people really want that moment. And whether it's in a first look, a first touch, a first prayer, whether it's walking down the aisle itself, yeah, I find a lot of couples are still leaning heavily on the tradition just for the first time they see each other or see the dress. And I know we are diverting down another path now, but, you know, the, the aisle walk where you see your partner walking down the aisle for the first time, I think we've seen it a million times in movies, in Hollywood. It's It's been dreamt about since we were little, that kind of thing, you know. You've seen your friends get married and you've seen the look on whoever's standing at the top of the aisle. You've seen their face and the surprise and you get that first reveal. I think that's just so entrenched in our uh, wedding culture. I don't think that's going anywhere, and I think that is the right approach for a lot of couples. But for the people that aren't so entrenched in that tradition, there is also an amazing alternative option. Yeah, that's a really good way of putting it, Luke. Mm. Yeah, just that there is an alternative option and it's no less special. I think, yeah, couples need to hear that. They need to know that. If you had a sweary, chocolate-addicted, wine-sipping fairy godmother who could help you with your wedding planning, what would you wish for? Perhaps no more waking up in the middle of the night in a cold sweat, wondering what you've forgotten, or fretting about your RSVPs. Maybe no more spreadsheets or post-it notes or endless to-do lists. Well, I can help you with all of that. Websites is an Australian wedding website builder guest management software, and wedding project planner all in one. Why is this such a game changer for you? Well, imagine everything to do with your wedding being in one place, updated in real time in the cloud, shareable to anyone else that's helping you, password protected for your guests, with notifications to tell you what needs to be done next and by when. It's amazing, right? I love how easy websites is to set up and use and how there are no ads on the platform yelling at you to spend more money on your wedding. To get started on your very own free wedding website, just head to websites.com 
That's W-E-D-S-I-T-E-S dot com and enter the code UNBRIDLYPOD, that's UNBRIDLYPOD, to get 10% off their paid planning tools. The link is in the show notes. Okay, so getting back on track, Luke, come back around. Come on, come on. Around. <laughs> bring, me, okay. bring me back, Kev. Bring you back, mate. So question number two, mm-hmm. the second most popular question, how does having a first look versus not having a first look affect the timings of my wedding day? If somebody wants to do a first look, you basically have to push your whole morning earlier. So that's the crux of it. You need to have your hair and makeup rolling up a bit earlier. You have to get out of bed and shower earlier. Uh, and then we need to allow enough time for, especially if the two people are coming from off-site, you might be adding a whole new location in to, even, to hold the first look. And sometimes there's even logistics around, are you guys in position? Should I get out of the car to come along? Are they facing the correct way and I'm not going to accidentally see them first? Uh, there's some logistics at play. Then we've got to make the first look happen, do your emotional hellos and the surprise of the first look. Uh, and then we're taking into account after that, are we doing a photo session between that first look and the ceremony? Because then we've got to allow time to get over to the ceremony and for all of those photos. So you take all of that into account. So all the travel that it takes to get to the first look location, from the first look location to the ceremony, have the first look and possibly do a photo shoot. You could be looking at a couple of extra hours that we have to sort of slot in between the ceremony and all of the getting ready. Got to think about the girls with the hair and the makeup. Sometimes that extra few hours, it is an extra few hours to sit there in your makeup and your hair. Touch-ups might be needed a bit later as well. So we can take all that into account. So they're all just sitting there on their phones, Luke. Like let's say, you know, it's a bride and groom getting married and you got some bridesmaids and they're all in dresses and hair and makeup. They're just sitting there playing games on their phone for, what, two hours straight, all done up, ready to go. This is during the first look, you're saying? We often have the wedding party come to the first look as well. It depends on the couple. So sometimes they, like, oh, well, always they want to be there. Uh, they're always like, oh, can we come and watch? And <laughs> You're I, and I always, him back with a stick, Luke. Well, I always run it past the couple. Um, you know, are you guys comfortable having spectators during your first look? And I'd call it a 50-50. Sometimes it's a, heck yeah, bring them along. And there's like a cheer squad going on and they all cry in the background when, <laughs> when they get that reveal. They sell tickets. Uh, yeah, no, other people popcorn. are like, nah, this is, this is our moment where it's very private. Yeah. We take five minutes to do it. It's very quick and um, just a nice little moment for them to have together away from the morning bedlam of the day. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so it's completely up to the couple, but it can be up to an extra two hours that you'd have to bring your timeline back in the morning, depending on where you're going. So many factors. Chat to your photographer about it for the timelines because sometimes if you've got a venue where one of the partners is getting ready on site, if there's accommodation there, sometimes we can just pop out into the garden do the first look, ceremony might only be 50 metres away. Sometimes both partners are getting ready an hour away from the ceremony. We both have to drive to a unique location, have the first look, and then we all have to drive over to the ceremony, which might be another 20 minutes away. There's so many different ways that I've done that, depending on where we're starting from and where we're trying to get to and what we're trying to do in the middle. Yeah, and I'm guessing you've got to leave a bit of a buffer there, Luke, as well. 
you know, for, oh God, for everything, for finding a park, for someone to get caught in traffic. Buffers is like the best thing you can possibly do with your timeline. If you think something's going to take half an hour, allow 40 minutes. If the travel time's half an hour, allow 40 minutes. I always flash them out because if you're going to go strict on timings and something goes over, then the rest of the timeline suffers. We're cutting something out or we're rushing through another part of the day. But there's nothing better than allowing 10 minutes extra at every step of the way and then saying at the end of the ceremony or when there's congratulations and hugs and kisses and all of the family photos are done, they go, cool, what's next, Luke? And I say, you guys got half an hour to mingle. We're half an hour ahead of time. And they go, how did that happen? I go, I don't know, but that's where we are. To me, having a first look, if you're open to it, there are really big advantages emotionally and the memories that you take away and the photos that you take away. I kind of didn't want to just leave it that Jesus, mate, you've got to wake up two hours early. Well, nah, not doing that. Okay. Yeah. If you're doing a Chinese tea ceremony, then the, the, you probably woke up at 3.30 to start hair and makeup at 4. Um, but if you're doing a 5 p.m. summer wedding, then maybe, you know, no one woke up until 11 a.m. Like it's, it mm. is, there are so many ways to do weddings. There are so many uh, permutations of time of year that you can, you, know, you just have to figure out what suits you, what you want, and then are you comfortable actually going through the process of what that choice requires. Mm, and going in with your eyes wide open. So question number three, and I know this has been a bit of a rant for you on socials lately. <laughs> I've set you up. How much time <laughs> do couples need to allow for their photographer and or videographer to travel, park and set up at their different ceremony or portrait shoot or reception locations, go. How interesting. I don't remember ranting about this one. (laughs) You were quite passionate about, I guess, you know, it's another big plus for timelines with buffers. Let's say it's the bride and groom again and you finish shooting at the brides and there's a 20-minute drive to your ceremony location you know, ceremony should be good to go <laughs> in 20 minutes. Right? <laughs> it should be good to go. But you're doing more stuff, aren't you? I think I see where you're going. I could dig pretty deep on this one. <laughs> a lot of the time, your photographer and videographer have to uh, transport themselves. And then, especially for the ceremony, I'll start with the ceremony. Your videographer is going to take at least 20 minutes to set up audio and recordings, get their light right, carry all of their gear. Not to mention when we normally roll into the ceremony, we are the last ones there. So all of the guests have taken all of the close parks. If we're off to a city location, that might mean we are parking three or four streets away. Maybe we had to find a paid parking place, go up to the seventh level, pay for the parking, you know, carry all of our gear, run over to the ceremony location. I've got a very good example from last week. It was that the the ceremony was at the uh, Mount Lofty Botanic Gardens. And it was a good 10-minute walk from the car park to get into the spot. So I've allowed that time. What we didn't allow for was the car park to already be full before the 100-strong guest list tried to roll up. So we had to park almost a kilometre down the road on the site because there's no parking all the way along there. So basically, I donned all of my gear and commenced the hike. Luckily, everyone else found themselves in the <laughs> same boat. you like a donkey, like walking <laughs> along the road with all your, yeah, nice. 
it's just the example. So I always uh, allow 20 minutes to half an hour for the photographer and videographer to set up before the ceremony starts. And that's an addition to the timeline. So we're at bride prep. The next step is going to go to ceremony. I leave ahead of all of the girls to get to the ceremony location half an hour before anything starts. And that should also be about the time that all the guests start rolling in. And there's layers to this. I'm going to keep going if that's okay. Yeah, do. I'll keep in the morning. One of the things about videographers and photographers in the morning is it's actually quite a process, especially if we do have a bride and and we're welding and sewing and stitching into dresses and things. It's quite a process to get the dress on, photograph it all, have the portraits, then there's family that want photos, then the bridesmaids want photos, and then we have to leave. I always try and ask that the hair and makeup artist allows for that hour for just us to have without them present so that we're not finishing hair and makeup and then we've only got 10 minutes to get the dress on, do all those portraits and try and drive to the ceremony with enough time to get set up. Because if the hair and makeup finishes super late, then we're literally pushing into the ceremony. And I've seen the, you know, the celebrants are like, where were you guys? I'm like, you wouldn't believe me if I told you. Like that deficit in time is only going to be worse come, you know, speeches, cake cutting, dance, whatever you've got planned. We can normally absorb it later in the day. That's why we add all these extra buffer times through the day so that we can make up that extra time if anything happens to go over. But, I mean, then we're only talking about, you know, like inanimate objects (laughs) getting ready, needing to go somewhere. I mean, this feeling of being rushed, I know – when my couple rocks up late to their ceremony, it impacts how they are present for their ceremony. It impacts stress. They're more nervous. They find it hard to drink it all in. They struggle with their vows a bit more. And then at the end, they look at me and just went, oh my God, are we done? Is that it? It's like they just didn't, they didn't stop for a second, take a breath. Like, this is not just yeah. the case of, you know, rocking up a little bit late for your ceremony. This impacts how you feel about your entire wedding. I think it's huge. This is why I still incorporate, like I still have a choice of an unlimited photography package. I will start any time of the morning you want until whatever time you want me in the evening because I want the option there of not rushing through any of it while also being able to capture the entire day. Because I don't want people to have to rush through things. I don't want them to have to be quick. We have to do this because Luke has to leave. Or, mm. um, you know, yeah. Luke's only here for half an hour in the morning. Quick, 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 go, 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 go. Um, Brandon, why don't you have your pants ready? Blah, blah, blah. Yes, yes. And the aggravation that comes with it, like the, yeah. the snappiness. And then a family member gets involved. It can escalate real quick because of the tension. Yeah. So, yeah, it's a really great point, Luke, because you know, the purpose of the day is not the photos. So you need everything to happen as it needs to and then capture it in real time. The purpose of a wedding day is not a portrait shoot. No, that's right. So there needs to be enough time for the purpose, doesn't there? If my couple are enjoying the absolute crap out of their day, the photos are going to come through and reflect those emotions. Mm. If the couple are panicked during the day and trying to rush through then that's going to come through in the photos. We're going to mitigate it as best we can. But like you said, the whole day isn't about a photo Mm. shoot. There's time allotted for photo shoots and the rest of it is more documentary um, capture. 
my main focus is for my couples to enjoy their wedding day. Like if I can, if I can allow time for you to go and mingle yeah. and have a cocktail, please do. Yeah. Yay. Oh, yay. I'm glad we got there. <laughs> okay, one more layer. Yes. Um, on allowing time for photographers and videographers to travel around. So a lot of the time, the wedding party, we might go to a whole other location for photos. Maybe it's a bar in the city. Maybe it's the beach. Could be anywhere. Um, but a lot of the time, the wedding party have their own transport, classic Jags, classic cars, limos, Hummers, and they all get taxied around. But a lot of the time for the photographer and the videographer team, we've got to go and walk to our cars, get it out of the parking, drive to the location. <laughs> Again, park at the Gotta back. walk to your park cars. At the, park at the back of oh. the nosebleeds. <laughs> then come and find the wedding party who, you know, got dropped off out the front and then the car took off. So And a waiting. And like, yeah. where have you been? Yeah. Yeah. So a lot of the time it's like, yeah, where, where have you been? Well, walking into the car park, getting my car, coming down. There's a lot more process to it. So it's just yeah. about um, being realistic that we're not going to get picked up and dropped off with you and allowing that in your timeline. Yeah, it's shocking to think that photographers and videographers aren't running around with their driver. Yeah. Well, I mean, when you're helping Jessie, though. Yes, when I'm helping Jessie. Like she, team. She is like, this is the best. You can just go and get the car and you can just come and get me and we can just jump straight in. One time she had a botanic gardens wedding and videographers have a bit of gear. We're pretty minimalistic, but videographers have a bit of gear. And the photo shoot after her ceremony was through the botanic gardens. So she had to cart her tripod and rigs and suitcase Ooh. and all of the audio and stuff around with her during the photo shoot. And it's just, yeah, it's a lot to drag around. So it's always good when you've got someone to carry things around for you. Yes. It's the dream. <laughs> it's a dream. Okay. So have you done all your layers, Luke? I think I'm pretty heavy on the layers on that one. I was definitely an onion there, wasn't I? Yeah, I, th I think you've done good. Can we move on? That about wraps it up for this episode of the Umbradley podcast. For the links and resources we mentioned, please head to the show notes. And if you love the show, please review and subscribe on the podcast platform you're on now so you don't miss out on a single episode. Thanks so much for listening. And remember... Weddings are a team sport. Catch you soon.